welcome to In Discovery We Trust, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. This episode, we will be discussing all the Star Trek news, and boy, we have had a lot of it. Much. What's your name? My name's Ethan. Hello, nice to meet you. <laughs> you are, sir? I'm Kevin. It's been a while. Yes, it's been a while. Now, a little bit of why it's been a while. We don't want to just put out a podcast so you can all hear us talk unless we have something to talk about. So we've let this news accumulate and build up, and now mm-hmm. we're ready to address it all. Yep. So, uh, as we speak, I think as we speak, um, they're filming season two. Discovery. Yes. And the biggest news about season two, I think, is we're going to see, as we left off in season one, discussly, briefly discussed, is we saw the Enterprise, but we also we are going to see Captain Pike this season. Yes. As he's being played by Anson Mount. I think... I think sort of there's two ways to look at season two. First is the, the on-the-screen news, and then the behind-the-screen news. Yes. Um, and the on-the-screen news is that we're going to see Captain Pike, which I think we knew we were going to see Pike. Yep. But I think the the confirmation that I'm most excited about is that we're going to see Young Spock. Yeah. We theorized it was possible, but we did not know if it was certain. And it is a bit of a, I think, a gray area, because, you know, obviously they want that Spock to... First of all, it's not clear. I mean, I think... I don't know if they said it was going to be a flashback of, like, a young, young Spock. Oh, okay. So but as I said to you, Michael is a child. But as I said to you before we began recording, I'm like, well, Spock during the cage is technically younger than he was in the original series, so... Right. That can be pretty... Even younger ambivalent. than the cage, because exactly. I assume this is going to happen before this the is after the, cage. the cage. No, this is after the cage. Oh, so The cage is already taking place. Older than we've seen him. Yeah. Not the youngest we've ever seen him. But he's... Depending on which way you look at it, I guess. Right. Um, but... Uh, yeah, we have Anson Mount playing Captain Pike, who, I don't know if, if you've seen uh, pictures of him, is, like, the spitting image of Jeffrey Hunter, who played Pike in the really? original pilot. It's quite frightening, in all honesty. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know they built um, American men like that anymore. <laughs> um, he yeah. just has a, had a very, you know, 60s Caucasian handsome. Yeah. No, he's a... Uh, he looks very much like him, and it's pretty its pretty frightening, actually, to see it. Um, but, yeah, season two um, is well into production. I'm going to assume that they are somewhere in maybe episode five, I want to say. They began shooting in April, so they're about three months, three months ago. Well, yeah, almost three months ago. So maybe like episode three or four, I bet, um, into the season. But um, And the Enterprise, of course, is going to play a significant part of the season i don't think the entire season but um and it's also explained that the the reason for the enterprise being there is it's going to sort of assist us assist discovery in explaining how discovery fits into the overall star trek canon yes Um, which i don't need i'm just like i believe you but well not only do we believe it but you discovered the the um documentary evidence that it does fit in mm-hmm. in your um, closed caption watching of yeah, Star so Trek. We, yeah, actually I'm glad you brought that up. Let's go over this for a second. So I tweeted this out. I just happened to come across it. So we were I was watching the Squire of Gothos the original series, season one and it's the very first few minutes of the episode and it's when they arrive at the planet but Kirk mentions that they don't have time to investigate and he tells Uhura to notify the Discovery on subspace radio. Now, there's been a lot of, like, 
back and forth about this. I know you kind of went into this whole thing on Twitter because you're a teacher, so you were like getting the, <laughs> the grammatical portions of it right. Yeah, so I'm an English language arts teacher, and I can say with certainty yeah. that a well, that is not how someone would say to announce a discovery. Yeah, and you would not italicize the word discovery. And I went back and looked at the old Blu-rays. It's italicized. Yes. Yeah. Certainly. Um, I say that when you're using a proper noun, often you will ital- italicize. Kirk's Kirk's line is notify the disco- notify the discovery on subspace radio. Right. And you fans don't... seem to suggest it's like, oh, no, like let Starfleet know of this discovery. But the way he says it, it's like, so notify the planet of right. the discovery. Here's the thing. If you were to say, you would say notify Starfleet of the discovery. Yes. If you say notify the discovery, that indicates that you're notifying the thing you discovered. Yes. Like, I would say notify Kevin yes. something. And yeah. you would not say notify the podcast that Kevin right. will be late. Exactly. So, um, but I feel like that was kind of almost, I mean, well, I don't know. I'm kind of 50-50. It could just be pure coincidence because I feel like Discovery could just be a name that, you know, could be used elsewhere. I mean, I know the the, the ship name Discovery was in Next Gen one time on like a, you know, computer panel, but like that's... You know, this could be the Discovery A. Right. But it fits enough and it works. Is Captain, and it's fun. Is, Ca- is Burnham its captain? You know, who knows? Right. But I was joking with a friend one time, and I know this is like further ahead in the in the timeline, but it's like, but eventually Discovery is going to, you know, the further they go, they're going to line up with the original series at some point. They're yeah. Be in parallel. So I'm Absolutely. like, I look forward to that episode of Discovery where they received that communication, that communicate from, uh, <laughs> right. from Uhura, you know, to right. take note of that Discovery. So... Um, yeah, it was really bizarre. It was not, exp- and I and I was of course googling it and going on Reddit and whatnot, and people were like, "No, no, that's not what Kirk." Somebody even said that Shatner flubbed his line. That's not what the actual line was in the script. And I'm thinking that's fine, but whatever is said on screen is canon. That's what he said. Yeah, that's true. We so, certainly don't go back and no. Can we go by what the script said? I mean, it's, it it doesn't matter whether they whether the writers saw that and say, "Oh, let's name the ship Discovery," or they didn't. It yeah. fits, and it's fun. It fits. It's just fun to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. It will be funny if we do see in the episode that they receive the, the notification, and they say, okay, so Enterprise discovered something. Big deal. And they just keep going about <laughs> their day. Of, yeah. Like, why are they bothering us again? Yeah. So, but uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to season two, obviously. I, I'm really curious to see what they do. You know, especially now that the Klingon arc is out of the way, which I was not a huge fan of. I didn't really find the Klingon war very compelling. So right, I, I feel I, like now they have a chance to be more like a I, real Trek show. I found that I cared more what was going on with the characters than the right. war. The The Klingon War was just a way to develop the characters. That was just sort of the... Right. You know, that was a way... Sense. That presented Michael and the opportunity to really prove herself and... Have you know, an arc. Exactly. From but now that we've gotten past that, now it's like... Yes, but... What are they going to do now? I am. The thing that intrigues me is knowing this show. Remember, our surprise throughout the first season. We thought the show would be one thing, and then two episodes later, it was something else. Right. I feel that we could get that here. We may spend one or two episodes with Pike, and then we're on to something totally different and unexpected. Well, and also, as I said on one of our earlier podcasts, like, it's not. It's not about the Enterprise. It's about the Discovery. The Enterprise is ancillary. It doesn't, you know. It's not important yet. Right. This is Discovery's time to, you know, as the original trailer said, you know, 
ten years before Kirk and Spock, there was Discovery. So yes. we need to know what right. happened. You know, Discovery. If Discovery. Discovery obviously is a very important ship as it as it brought it into the Klingon War. We just don't know much about it in the other shows, but you know, right? Does every Star Trek show have to list off every single Starfleet vessel's accomplishments? Like, <laughs> um, now am I mistaken or not? That did one of the writers not say? Well, Discovery is the ship, but also Discovery is an idea and a concept. And no, you're right. We could focus on that too. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I mean, Michael, I think, spends a lot of time discovering herself. Herself, certainly. I wonder and though if that could mean in the we could of all of this. we could move away from that ship, and it would still be. Oh, totally. Like we can, we can. You know, I think that. Yeah, it's more of an idea. I so perhaps permanently. Is yep. what I'm saying. I think it's. I think that it's just you know the ship name is just maybe slightly coincidental, but mm. it's like. I think if any show would do that, it would be this show. Yeah. Where we could see Discovery destroyed and move on to something else. I think yeah. that... That was that was one of my problems with, like, Voyager. Because there was that season finale where, like, the Kazon take the ship and they leave them on a planet. It's like, well, the show's called Star Trek Voyager. They can't have... <laughs> this obviously... And they weren't ballsy enough to do that back then. But, like, you can't destroy the ship because that's the name of the show. Yes. Right? Yes. You could have done. You could have destroyed the Enterprise on Next Generation because the ship wasn't called the Next Generation. That's true. You couldn't have destroyed Deep Space Nine. I mean, right? You know, so yeah, so it's could happen, and I think this is the show to do it. We've been continually been surprised, but the thing to consider is that behind the screen camera, um, we had a mid-season change of showrunners. We did, oh, that's right. So that, that too. Now think about this. They've similar to season one, yep. partway through filming. You have a change of showrunners. I don't know where in season one that takes effect, though. Like, right. I don't know how far they got before they... Well, I think if you look at his name, he's on the, what, the first episode, the second episode? Ryan Foley you're talking about. Yeah. Well, he's, he's named for writer. But he's, yeah, he's co-creator of the show. Right. But he was only for writer, I think, for the first one, maybe two. Right. Now, how much he was still involved is up in the air. And the Well, yeah, and the same goes with uh, the consultant, Nicholas Meyer. Yes. I don't know what his... I mean, he has a, allegedly another role that we'll get to doing something else, but... Right. Um, yeah, the uh, Aaron... What's his name? Aaron Harberts and Gretchen Burr, mm-hmm. Berg. Um, yeah, they're off the they're off the show. And they came from American Gods, was it? I believe so. Yes. Brian Fuller show. Yes. Right, yeah. Um... Yeah, that's. I don't know how to feel about that because I, we liked season one. We did, but I think we had a lot of issues or things we didn't love about it. But so what? I don't feel hopeless thinking, oh, season one was so perfect. We can't no, lose them. But you also have to realize too that the first two seasons of Next Gen had a lot of, especially season one, had a lot of writer turnover, a ton. That's true. That's why there's so many, so much inconsistency in the quality of those. That's true. Episodes. But we, as we often say, we are in a different era of television. We are where we are. now it's um, the showrunners are the auteur directors of the yeah. past. They're the yeah. Martin Scorsese and uh, Steven Spielberg. Well, I don't, and I don't want to get into like too much crazy detail about why they were let go. All I know is from I, all I know is I read what was online. It was something like I guess the show's budget was sort of ballooning with them and they're also kind of being shitty with their writers that's like what i heard yeah i I heard that too and i wondered how much that is spin 
I'll say this though: if the show's budget is ballooning, that's good. <laughs> I'm glad they did it during the time the Enterprise is there. That's true, right? Because yeah. they they might have to have okay, we're strictly bottle episodes for the rest of the season, guys. Well, if the show's budget was ballooning, I'm thinking to myself like, Jesus, how much of the Enterprise did they actually build? Did they actually build a bridge and everything? Like, right? How much are we going to see now? I hope so. Um, and I would assume if they build the bridge, they're going to think, well, we have to get our money out of worth out of this. Let's keep it, keep it around, and maybe uh, create a spinoff. Right? Yeah, spinoff already halfway there. Um, we'll get to the spinoffs later. We'll get to, we'll get to that momentarily, but uh, yeah. And so, I think we did kind of a wish list for season two, somewhat, as we were wrapping up uh, our last one. We were talking about the um, the finale, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited to see Pike, of course. I'm excited to see the Enterprise. I'm hoping that we get to see more of the crew that we saw in the cage. Um, oh, the cage. Okay. And uh, kind of see where the... Because, um, again... You know what I'm holding out for? Hmm? You know what I'm holding out for? To Paul. Robot eye girl. Shaved head person and the robot girl. <laughs> That's what I'm... Okay, carry on. Wait, are you talking about the one where you said, why is everybody so impressed with Data? Are yes. You know <laughs> um, that was a great moment. Um, but, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I'm hoping that we see more of the characters that appeared originally in the cage. Um and it really kind of expands upon that episode and we get to see sort of what happened. It would be cool if, like... <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I was trying to figure out where this fits into the timeline. Because <coughs> Pike commanded the Enterprise for five years. Kirk commanded the Enterprise for five years. And so I was trying to think to myself, this is ten years before Kirk and Spock. I think we're about maybe nine, eight or nine years now before Kirk and Spock. But, like... Could Pike be wrapping up his command before passing it on to Kirk? Because the first time you see Kirk, it's not really established that that was his first day on the job, right? So, like, are we seeing maybe Pike's mission come to an end and then the eventual... I don't know. It's... I mean, it would be... I mean, I don't know. I think it's possible, but... It's possible. I think, franchise-wise, that might be risky Yeah. to have three Kirks. Right. You know? Well, if, if like again, if this ended up being Pike's final mission or something like that, let's just say for the sake of timeline, timeline sake, mm-hmm. um, and Kirk took over. By the time Kirk's five years mission is over, it's not the time that the original series begins. So there has to be some. But the, the weird thing is, it's like uh, the cage. I think is like three years before this, two or three years before this. Okay. So we've got two more years of, of Pike, possibly. And then, after that, you assume... I don't know if the ship underwent some, like, maintenance or refitting for a while before Kirk took command. Unless they just sort of lined up like that. But um, I'm curious, by the time the original series begins, how long Kirk has been in command of the Enterprise. Because we only see three years out of it. So, Right, three years of a five-year mission. Yeah. And if you count the animated series, then we see all five. Mm. Mm. So... Yeah, it's it's intriguing to wonder where it is. I, I have a feeling we're not going to see Kirk. No, I, I think I mean, we'll see Spock. I, I feel like I feel like the most we'll get with Kirk is a mention. <clears throat> Perhaps I think Perhaps. he'll be name dropped at some point. But we're also that's talking, true. There's a lot of name dropping on this show. We we're also and Archer's getting the most of it for some reason. I, I know I love it. With. Um, we'll but get to the him and spinoffs. We were talking about if Spock did, and we were talking about this I think in the other in the older episodes, but like. If Spock did appear in the new season, how would they do it? And 
you know, would they actually cast somebody that looks like Leonard Nimoy to play him? Some suggest, you know, they should cast Zachary Quinto, but then if they do that, I feel like it's going to, then it's going to be like, well, so does this take place in the Kelvin timeline now? And the safest way, I think, to do it is to use audio clips of him from the cage and maybe even video footage, like, of him on a screen or something like that. You know? Oh. Yeah, I don't... That would really hamper the writers, though. Right. Because then they'd have to... We don't know how key he's going to be. Well, right. But if their budget's ballooning, does that mean that they're able to kind of pull a Rogue One deal? I doubt it. That would be really ballooned. Yeah. That, that would I mean, I don't know how expensive those, that effects co- those effects cost. I think it was ridiculously expensive. You, but you have to assume, like, you know, how... Don't forget now. During those days, Spock is not the first officer. Is he the science officer? He's... Or number one is the first officer, Major Barrett Roddenberry. Yes. She's the first officer. So he's just, like, some... He's not as, as vital on the Enterprise then as he... Is he the science on. officer, though? Uh, yeah, I believe he's a science officer. So that's yeah. still one of the right, main but like when you're dealing with, you have, I have to assume that when you're dealing with Captain Pike, you're going to be dealing with him and possibly his first officer. Spock is just kind of this. Spock and Pike don't have the the Kirk Spock thing. True, going. but once you bring Michael, he could just in like touch. True, Spock becomes very important because now you have Spock he could just and be half sister. He could just be looking back at the camera slightly and then just turning. You know, I don't know. Well, this is definitely where I disagree, because I yeah. think you can't bring Michael and... Maybe he'll be off the ship. Kirk. Completely. You can't bring Michael and Spock together without having that right. be important. Now, um, uh, their dad just left, right? The ship. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, left Sarek? Discovery. Yeah, Sarek left he's Discovery. On, he's on, no, he's on Discovery right now. Okay, so yeah. you cannot bring the whole family together and not have that be a key part of the story. And I think you'd need more lines I think. Spock. I think they'll have at least one scene together, and I think that, and I think this is going to be one of those moments where, like Spock, will have some conversation with her, and it'll further explain why we don't know who she is, why we, why we've never heard of her. Perhaps uh, she gets later on. He gets, she gets disowned by him, or like you are Possibly. not my sister. Yeah, and we see him. Oh, it could be we see him in his most, you know, logical. Right. As he slowly develops his human side throughout. Us knowing him in the original series and the films, perhaps here he is completely logical, and even his own sister, he he, he pushes right. away. This is, I mean, and even at this point, Spock and Sarek have a very contentious relationship, so I don't even know if they can, um, if they have, if they should be having scenes together. Right. I think by the time you see Sarek in Journey to Babel, I think it's said, I think I don't know, but I think it's established, it's been established, they haven't seen each other in a lot in quite some time. Like they mm. don't speak. Okay. You know, or it could be maybe we'll see why they don't speak. Well, we've, that's, they've already gone into that because that was oh, in that right, flashback right, right. where, like, Spock had to decide. Hmm. Sarek made that sacrifice for Spock to get him into the Vulcan Science Academy, yes. and he didn't take it. Right. He went to Starfleet instead. Yeah. So that's that's the origin of their uh, of why they don't get along right now. Right. But you figure him coming around to Michael in Starfleet would help him to accept Spock in Starfleet. It may pick up on that thread, though. Yeah. It why could pick difference? up on that thread. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, you know, and I'll just add one more thing to that. You know, they released a few months ago, like, a production trailer for season two showing you that thing, you know, they're filming and whatnot. They don't really show too, too much. They do show Ensign Mount as Captain Pike, but you only see him from the back. Mm-hmm. And you see the director's slate over him. Okay. But to his right, there is somebody in a blue... You see the shoulder of, like, a blue... And, like, a blue science officer. Ah, that's... Because they're wearing the original series uniform. You see, like, a blue science officer uniform standing to his left. Oh, they're not wearing the cage uniforms. Yeah, so... That's good. Um... And you kind of see, like, the... Like, a chin a little bit, and you're like... 
I don't think you see any hair. But you're like, maybe... That would make sense, too. Could that just be him? To, for that to be the photo to be released, that's got to be a little, yeah. a little bit to give us to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. so I didn't realize, but Anson Mount, yeah, Mount is um, from um, The Inhumans. Mm-hmm. Mar- Marvel show that I didn't watch at all. Because it got such bad reviews. I avoided it completely. But... He was on Hell on Wheels. With, he was canceled. on that show, AMC show Hell on Wheels, which I also never watched, with uh, Colmini, Miles O'Brien. So, um, but we'll see. I mean, no. Um, right now, the release for season two is somewhat vague. They say early 2019. Mm-hmm. So I feel like by the time, I don't think CBS has been too upfront about what they're doing for Comic Con this year. So I okay. feel like if anything, maybe we'll get a little something. Uh, at Comic-Con this year. Comic-Con's see, like a month away, right? I think... I'm sure what they would love to do would be to parade out poor old Sir Patrick Stewart. Right. That would look quite good. Well, here's a question. Um, Before we move on to the spinoffs, if we're doing that... We are. The big announcement. Okay. Here. So the question here is, Alex Kurtzman's the one running the new spinoffs. Also the one now running season two of Discovery. And do directing you, season two of Discovery. Do you trust Alex Kurtzman? Alex Kurtzman. I mean, I do, because he's also... He wrote, he co-wrote the first, the reboot film, mm-hmm. and the and a sequel, Into Darkness. wasn't a huge fan. Of okay, that one, right. Like, wasn't a huge fan of that. One. I'm sure that's somewhere that people will but that's, be afraid. People are afraid because he's connected to those movies. Yes, you know. But also, Cowboys and Aliens, but notorious. Yes, uh, one of the mission film Impossible, that did not live mission, up to its potential. some of the Mission Impossible movies too, I think. But I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because. Even though he runs things, that doesn't mean that he is going to say, no, the story has to be this. Like, there are people around him that know, and you're in the prime timeline now, so there are people around him that know the canon probably better than he does. Mm-hmm. But he's the one calling all the shots. True. I don't think he's calling all the shots creatively, though. Depends if we've got the, the new yeah. model of a showrunner where... Yeah. They run the show. But that's why you have a staff. Hopefully. He can't do it all. But does he? You know? is he going to defer to the staff? Or is he going to say... I don't know. I've never met the men. Right. Well, that's what I really need to... That's what is curious. Because there are some people yeah. that will say, okay, let's stick with the canon. And there are other people that will say, well, no, I have a story I want to tell, and I don't care if it, the canon doesn't quite line up with the canon. Right. I'm just telling my story. Well, I mean, he said in interviews that he knows how important canon is. And they want to try to uphold it as mm-hmm. best they can, but obviously you have to. There are things you have to deal with, like this visual continuity that people are like throwing fists about, you which, know, but, yeah. which is ancillary as far as which, I'm yeah, concerned. It's, it's it's immaterial. We've made our point known. On that. I've used the word ancillary twice already. Excellent I use of vocabulary. I've used that from, word before. If you're one of my students, I and I like that. I like the word immaterial too. Immaterial. For it's irrelevant. Like it's not it's immaterial. I like that. Um. So we'll see, but no, the the. Yeah, so to move on, the big news, obviously, that has now shaken the Trek world has been that Kurtzman is now, with with those two writers off the show now, Kurtzman has now signed a deal with CBS to expand Trek TV development. So, um, that, just to kind of focus on that for a second, that was kind of a shock to me that I heard that. Well... Not a shock to me that he was running it, but the shock that they are expanding the Trek development in TV only because... It's. I feel like as viewers, it's hard for us to get a sense of how successful 
Discovery has been. Right. Well, according to... Right. So... Parrot research or something. I thought you said earlier. I thought you said pirate. I'm like, oh. No. I'll read the official announcement after you do that. All right. So I'm taking this from... I guess we haven't really done our research on our sources, but I'm taking this from comicbook.com. Yeah. That wrote a very typoed article about parrot research that says that Star Trek Discovery is the most popular streamed show Mm. in the entire time that it has been available. Now, I don't know how exactly they would know that because I notoriously, Netflix is very closed with its data. Right. And from what I understand, even writers and creators of shows on Netflix can't get solid numbers think, on their shows. And I think, I don't think CBS has really, has, I think, I mean, I haven't followed up to recently, but I think CBS has been pretty vague about right. the numbers and everything like that. I have to assume, though, it's getting, because initially CBS All Access was like a seven day trial. Now it's up to a month, mm-hmm. a free trial. So I have to assume it's getting better because of that. Right, yes. I mean, I have a colleague, um, and. She got the free trial to watch the first half of the season, canceled it, and then just recently got the free trial to watch the second half of the season. Mm. So, yeah, people are streaming it. Now, I guess they get their data, and it seems very imprecise, this parrot uh, from yeah, and it's online on... mentions and buzz around shows. Yeah. So, and it's I online think... on Netflix outside of the U.S. You know, we obviously have to right. deal with CBS. Yes, access, I have but... another colleague that, yeah, got it that way. Yeah. They'll say they flew to Australia and watched it. Let's put it that way. Um, while they were vacationing in Australia. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so it's hard for us to get a sense of the data on how but well the show is doing. Parrot Research says it is the most popular since it's been out. Which, I, I mean, what are we talking We're talking more popular than Luke Cage Season 2? We're talking more popular yeah, I than... Stranger Things? I mean, yeah. And, and, yeah. So, and is that is that popular now? Is that when it was new? Because... They said every period that it's been available. It's been available since... I know. Really? Since I know. for like a year or something. Hmm. Wow. Um, crazy. Um, CBS says it's doing well. Now, what I'm surprised about... it does well critically as well, too. So. Not that they're expanding, but that... From what I understand, it's not that they're ordering five pilots from Kurtzman. It's that they are putting out five shows. Is that right? Well, let me read the... I'll, I won't read the full announcement, but um, it's... It says, here's part of the announcement, it says, As part of a new production deal, Kurtzman will supervise the expansion of CBS's Star Trek franchise for television, developing new series, miniseries, and other content opportunities, including animation. You can't see the look on my face, but I'm just like, what the fuck? Um, I th- I'm not too surprised. That's been in the... Remember there was... there were, We saw the images and the designs. It's always sort of been on the right. radar. Um, under Kurtzman's leadership... The newest addition to the Star Trek franchise, Star Trek Discovery, made an impressive, creative, and commercial mark in its first season. Discovery launched to widespread critical acclaim, commercial success in the U.S., on CBS All Access, and around the world. So, I mean... But the thing is, it's not like you can look at ratings breakdowns of Discovery and say it was number two on it was number two this week. Because it's not on regular TV. Right. And so, times have changed so much that that's irrelevant. So, um, it sounds to me... I and mean, I hate to make these comparisons again, but it sounds like, you know, you're the guru in this area, but they're almost pulling a Disney like they did with Star Wars and expanding, you know, only doing it on the medium that Trek works best. 
Right. And they're doing it on the medium that the only medium they can. Right. Because that's the only medium that they own. But I think it also plays into the fact that, you know, when you and I were talking in one episode about how Discovery, I think right now, we think right now is carrying that platform. And and they know that. And so I haven't heard anything about Twilight Zone. I mean, it's coming. I don't know when. Right. But I don't know if that's going to be. I feel like that's. You're going to People, I think, are going to watch that who are also watching Discovery. So I think it's going to play to the same audience. I think it'll bring in some people. I don't know if it's going to be enough for people to sign on to, though. I think it's like, oh, when I watch Discovery, when that new season comes right. in, then I'll, then I'll check out. Twilight I have Zone. a feeling, this is my prediction on that show, that yeah. it's going to be Black Mirror level of yeah. uh, interest. And I love Black Mirror. I mean, Black Mirror is a modern Twilight Zone. Yes. In my opinion. Um,. So, there are all of these different reports as to what's going on, and, I mean, it's definitely official that they're going to be doing this, but what they're actually going to be doing is sort of um, based on rumor and whatnot. Somebody over at Variety has more to say about this, and this is what, apparently, is what CBS is listing these possibilities from his sources. A series set at Starfleet Academy from creators Stephanie Savage and Josh Swartz. The duo most recently developed the CW's reboot of Dynasty, and previously created shows like Gossip Girl and Marvel's Runaways. Okay, a interesting. Limited, a limited series whose plot details are being kept under wraps. All right, one note on the Runaways. Well, and the, all those shows seem a little, in my opinion, trashy. Well, let me come, we'll come back to that. I don't want to finish reading these. Right okay, now. go ahead. Um, a limited series based around the Wrath of Khan story. Khan's full name is Khan Noonien Singh. He was famously portrayed by Ricardo Montalban in both the original series episode Space Heat and again in Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. Benedict Cumberbatch then played the character in the 2013 film Star Trek Into Darkness. That's what I was talking Nick Meyer. That's he directed Wrath of Khan. And he had... Right. There were rumblings that he was developing some sort of Khan-centric project. Right. Um, And then four, an animated series whose plot details are being kept under wraps. And then there was the biggest one of all... um, this new deal comes as rumblings about another Star Trek series featuring Patrick Stewart reprising his role as as Star Trek The Next Generation's Captain Jean-Luc Picard had been heating up. And I guess, as of recently, they, you said they had a verbal agreement, but nothing officially signed. Yes, That's verbal agreement, story. just to be worked out by the lawyers, which, that one makes the most sense. So let's kind of go through these. So, a series set at Starfleet Academy. Now, this was, I've been hearing, this is like an old idea. This goes back to when they were first going to reboot the film series. Even further than that. Star Trek VI was going to be that. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember, like, back then, people were like, when the idea came back, they were like, I don't want it to be, I don't want it to be like Star Trek 90210. And I'm like, Jesus, that's Because <laughs> yes. I, I do remember that show. But I'm right. just, like, to them, it seemed more like a teen angsty well, type yeah. of deal. But then and, when you start bringing in Gossip Girl people... And I've never seen those shows. So you were saying... Oh, yeah, so they all seem kind of trashy. Dynasty, of course. Um, Runaways... And Dynasty's a remake. Yes. Yeah. Runaways, actually... My wife's watching Runaways right now, and I'm seeing parts of it, and it, it seems pretty good. It's a little bit... It's a little bit trashy and a little bit kind of... Like trashy? How? <laughs> um, like, it's, it's... So it's a Marvel show, Runaways. Okay. It's not Daredevil... Or oh, I see. Okay. Jessica Jones, you know? It's sort of like if you mix those yeah. with kind of um, like a um, Conan TV show yeah. vibe. It's got that like cheap action saying. to it, yeah. but it's compelling enough. Um, yeah, I would say out of all of these rumors, this is the one I'm least excited about. I mean, I obviously I'll check it out, but mm-hmm. 
I don't want there to be a Trek that I don't want to watch. Right. Like the solo a Star Wars story of Trek. Just 11 scenes. It's not a bad film. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. Um, a limited series whose plot details are being kept under wraps. I mean, I have nothing to say about that. Um, <laughs> that could be anything. Wait, that's the animated one that's being kept under wraps? No. Okay. Well, actually, so... I thought to myself, and this is my this has been my finger crossing thing, I've been posting this on forums and even in Facebook posts whenever this topic comes up. And we kind of briefly touched upon it already with Captain Pike. I would not mind a Captain Pike series. Right. You know? They'll have all these potential sets to use, mm-hmm. as you were saying. Yes. Why not? Very true, very true. It's very funny for us because there was a while ago when we were talking about the solo film. Yeah. And Kevin said he wasn't interested in seeing it. And I made the analogy of it would be like if they made a film called the Captain Pike Files well, I something. T- well, did you s- I tweeted that. So yeah. the day Solo came out, I posted a picture of Pike and I said, let's be honest, we'd all, we'd all rather see Pike, a Star Trek story. Right? Uh, and so... Yeah. Um, which, you know, I'm, it's one of the things I said, like, no one is asking for it. No one's clamoring for a right. Pike series. Pike doesn't have the name draw for a film. Right. Think. No, no. But even a series. Like, right. people said, well, nobody didn't ask for a solo movie. Well, right. nobody would ask for a Pike series, but we'd see it and see how it is. And I'm yeah. not I'm not that excited about a Pike series, but I'll see it. I'll watch it. I would love to see a Captain Pike series. Hmm. Yeah. I, I think that, because, as I mentioned on earlier episodes, there's a good decade of Enterprise history we don't know anything about mm-hmm. for Kirk. And, you know, we've never seen what happened with Robert April, the first captain. We only saw a peek at what happened with Pike. So I would love to see more of that, those gaps kind of filled in. I'd love to kind of expand. And like I told you, I just keep thinking about it in terms of a Wikipedia article. It's like, like we can we can put more on Captain Pike. There's more <laughs> info we can put in there yes. on Captain Pike. Now, what I would like to see so. is uh, a series focused on um, Admiral Archer, a political thriller. Intrigue at Starfleet headquarters, maybe. Well, he is the first Federation president, I believe. Right. So, so some, you could do a West Wing. I would, <laughs> I would like to see a West Wing Starfleet with Admiral Archer. Or it could be, you know, there could be people trying to, you know, political yeah. infighting between different groups. One part, one group wants to head in the more warlike direction or something. You could do something there. The alliances are still a little, maybe a little uneasy at Yes, first. he's yeah, keeping he's the gotta... peace between all the different factions. Yeah. I would like that. That would be my dream series, but I don't think it would happen. I mean, could we get season five of Enterprise? <laughs> that would be fun. I mean, how great would that... I mean, think about it. Like, they bring back Murphy Brown for, like, season 11. They bring back Roseanne for season 10. Yeah. And they're bringing back all these shows. And they're not even, like, considered new shows. They're just like, oh, it's a new, se- it's a new season yeah. up. I think they're a lot cheaper, though. Right. And they're much older. What do they have to do? Recreate a couch? <laughs> True. But... Um, I would, I would, I would love, now is a, is a, because back then when Enterprise got canceled, uh, there were protests and I, you know, Netflix wasn't putting out original content and Netflix wasn't even streaming it, mm. but I feel like there was, I, I, I can't remember, but I feel like one of the Save Enterprise campaigns, I think there was like two or three of them, were like, send it over to Netflix, and we were like, how, Netflix can't produce this, what are right. you talking yeah. about? It, it's, I swear, if it were five years later, something like that yeah. maybe would have happened. It, it could have easily gone somewhere else, yeah. Um, Maybe would have got CBS All Access back then. Yeah. Um, right. Well, I feel like even if it ran one more season. Yeah. Maybe. 
Like, I yeah. think it was even that close. Yeah. Because Enterprise ended in 2005, and the following season, because I was, you know, watching Lost at the time. The season after that, so that's when, like, all these networks began putting their shows on TV. You could buy them on iTunes and stuff like that. And I think that was, that was sort of the beginning of this whole, like, producing original content um, for internet only. Right, so, right. Yeah. Yeah, so I liked that that one, at least it's open, so we can speculate and I think to you, our hearts content you and I, about what this could be. And you and I are big Enterprise fans, so I think we would love to see, you know, yes. more, uh, more um, of that. Could we see... Yeah, I would love to see a season five of Enterprise. Who knows what yeah. Paul would... Well, here's how this works. This is something very interesting that I've... Because I listen to a lot of different podcasts. I don't remember where I picked up this tidbit. But the way a lot of these decisions are being made... Oh, here's what I was about. I picked this up about the Karate Kid series on YouTube. So There's a Karate Kid series? Yes. Called Cobra Kai. It's actually quite good. Um, so the Karate Kid series on YouTube. YouTube, when they were creating their original programming... Um, they went to, they either went to, or well, somehow the information got out that Karate Kid clips are very, very popular on YouTube. Lots of people are watching Karate Kid clips. So when they got this idea for a Karate Kid series. So you're talking like from the movie, there were popular clips and they developed a series out of. Yeah. So people yeah. just, they know, so they can tell what people are interested in. What do people search for? People are searching for Karate Kid stuff. Right. Videos. Yes. So. They sort of took that and say, okay, we have the viewers, we have people on our service that like Karate Kid, because they're searching for the clips. Yeah. So, therefore, we're willing to spend this much money to make the show, because we're pretty sure that we've got the eyeballs where they need to be. That's how a lot of these, like, late-night shows are succeeding, too. Like, you know, uh, the Late Late Show with James Corden, and even Craig Ferguson going further back than that. Mm-hmm. Like, when they when the networks began putting clips of their shows yes. on YouTube, they became really <laughs> insanely popular. Like, like... James Corden, I think, is the one responsible for that whole carpool karaoke thing. Oh, right. I mean, yeah. you just put that skit on there. You know, yes. Conan's got the the clueless gamer, and like uh, I think Jimmy Fallon's got the whole slow jam of the news, and yes. Kimmel's got the mean tweet. So like right. when you put on these segments, yeah, yeah. Well, the only way this would be in reverse. Let's say Jimmy Kimmel didn't have a show, but he was putting out these clips, and yeah. people were watching them. Then someone would say, "Hey, people are watching your clips. Here's a bunch of money. Go make a show." Right, so that's how they're doing it. Well, now. there was also these rumors that they wanted to make a clueless gamer show with just like a with Conan, like just doing mm. that. Right. That's a segment on the show. Yeah. So yeah. 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 So what I assume has happened here is people have seen the numbers on streaming for Star Trek: The Next Generation. Mm. I know for it's got to be really, really high for an older show. Um, it's still a very popular show, right? You so know. I am sure that someone looked at the numbers and said, wait a minute, we have all these people that are st- already streaming the older seasons on yeah. Netflix and wherever. We think that there's enough Absolutely. interest out there that we could, this would be worth it. I mean, I know people that are not into sci-fi that are not into Star Trek at all, but they'll just tell me like, oh yeah, my, my girlfriend and I have been watching all of Next Generation. Yeah, I know, I've known a fair amount of people who are not really big Trekkies, but they'll only watch, they just have television for Next Gen and nothing Outside of it, yeah, not and, even the and not even the movies either. Like they don't really like the the films either, the next right. gen films. Yeah. So I think that that's why they've they think that the next the next generation so, new season is important, but also why they ever would do Enterprise is if Enterprise is being streamed heavily, right? Then they would say, okay. Well, then all right, we'll hold off on the con thing for a second. Let's do, then let's just jump into the biggest elephant in the room, which is this Jean Luc Picard thing. Um, I think. Business-wise, th- yeah, that makes sense. I-, I think I don't know how I feel about 
Picard coming. It's like, what would you do? And plus, I don't know, like, what... Is it just Picard? Is it... You know, what, like, what, what about the rest of the cast? Right. Like, what's going on there? Like, I would assume that if you can get Picard, yeah. you will get everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> if oh, you yeah, want yeah. them. If you want them. Because I would not be surprised if this was not Picard, cap- the well, captain of a starship. When we last left off, Riker and Troy went off on their own, to their own ship. Brent Spiner has said time and time again he doesn't want to play Data again. But I'm sure the rest of them would do it. Yeah. Does he still say that, though, he wouldn't want to play Data? A lot yeah, of people I, say that. He does, but, like... And then... Again, you have this advent of CGI de-aging, so... Right. Or just, you and know... who knows if you even have to paint his face white anymore? His rubber skin is wearing out, so it's sagging. But the thing is, like, we've come so far with all this technology since this CGI... I mean, Nemesis came out 16 years ago. Right. Okay, like, we've come so far with all of that. Like, it's... Look at what they fucking did with, do with Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, you could easily do that with Prince Finer. He wouldn't, probably wouldn't have to do anything. He probably wouldn't have to... Yeah, but you wouldn't have to put any, any makeup on at all. Right, right. You know? Yeah. But like, I... Did with fucking Nebula. Here's the who's thing, the, though. Who's the one with the... Is it Mantis? Oh, uh, yes, Mantis. Yeah. She doesn't look anything like that. Yeah. The actress. Um, but I think... I, don't, I mean, it is a movie, so... But, I don't think you need all those people. I think I it feel might like even you, make it... It might even detract from Right. Them. Maybe not. If you try I, to force them all together. But I feel like everyone wants them together, though. I know, but then you fall into that, like, later Star Trek films where... Everyone has their own ship, but now, yeah. oh, I'm I'm visiting the Enterprise, and then oh no, catastrophe! I better stay. There could, <laughs> I, I mean, guess they're on the crew again. <laughs> catastrophe! I better not leave. I better stay. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, it could be one of those stories where like some disaster happens and I have to rally everybody together again. Yeah, but it, dude, it would have to be a hell of a writer to make me believe that uh, that a catastrophe strikes and then it's better get the old band together. You know. Yeah. I think it would... Plus... But I, I have to believe that some of them will at least appear. Yeah, totally. Yeah. At but the I very think, least. I think it will be... I don't think it will be the next generation that we know. I think it will be something different. Hmm. I think it will be he... Picard in a new role or... Is he finally, Admiral is, he, is he finally an admiral? Perhaps a political thriller. Admiral <laughs> Picard. I hope not. Um... Plus, I would expect Patrick Stewart would want. Is he married to? Be- is he married to Beverly at this point? Has he finally acknowledged his parenthood of? Yeah, Wesley. Could it be a Stargazer series? Oh boy, um, when he's the. He, he, I think. Um, I think Stewart would would not return if it was the same old. It's interesting because old. there was this brief interview with Stewart before all this announcement, this whole announcement came, and that because they talked about. Discovery, and they were like, "Have you watched it?" And he goes, "He said no, I haven't." But he goes, "I may have good, I may have good cause to watch it very soon." Oh, so but, it's been going on for a while. But I thought to myself, like, "Oh, that's probably just because Frakes is directing it." And he's like, "Oh, I'm oh. going to start watching the show," and you know, because um, Frakes is directing. Two. I don't think he watches everything Frakes directs. No, <laughs> Frakes is directing two episodes this coming season too. Yes, um, so that means leaks a plenty will be coming because Frakes seems to leak a lot. Yeah, he did the he spilled the beans in the mirror universe. Yes. Um Yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm I'm I don't want to say I'm not looking forward to it cuz I don't want to be one of those fans, but it's oh, like I'm I'm, for it. I'm more intrigued, I'm curious. I'm intrigued and I think the mo- reason I'm most intrigued is because I expect something different. Right. I I'm almost certain it'll be not what we expect. 
My, and my... that's why I think it's great, because too many... I love Star Trek, and I love how it continued with the films and everything, but it seems you it always came back to, let's get everybody, let's get Kirk back in charge of the Enterprise. I yeah. Mean, let's, yeah, and let's, uh, you know, set I'm, off on some adventure. I'm fight. hoping, though, they fire... That visually the show looks like it belongs in... Like, it visually looks like it belongs in that era. The same computer screens, the same design, you know. Yeah, or at least a natural evolution there. Or natural evolution, depending on where it takes place, right? Right. Um, if it looks if it looks like Discovery and Enterprise of all metal and... Yeah. That would be very strange. Um, but, again, we don't know... I mean, look, Patrick Stewart is 16 years older, as is the rest of his cast. So you have to assume that it's going to take place... Within the time of Trek, like fifteen or twenty years has passed since we right, which is why I can't see like him that. being in the same role. Yeah, and it's like as a captain, are we at the Enterprise F by now? The Enterprise G, because you know he mm-hmm. was captain of the Enterprise E. So it's like where you know where where are we with all? Of Here's that? what I think. Can we see Deep Space Nine? Here's what I think. In there somewhere. I think we should think of this with what, how we saw Luke Skywalker come back. Okay. Not. At all, what, oh, what like anyone he's not, thought. Like, he's not the central focus. Or just, he's not... You can sort of imagine what Luke Skywalker's trajectory would be. Yeah. Like, the obvious trajectory. I think they'll take that obvious trajectory and flip it on its head. Like, yeah. it was on with Luke Skywalker, where he abandoned the whole thing. Maybe, right. maybe Picard will have resigned in protest, and now he's doing so. I don't know. I expect some flipping of something. Hmm. Maybe not that large, but something unexpected. Well, it's also not clear, like, is he, is he the limited series? Is he the miniseries? Or is it a full-fledged, like, TV series devoted, you know? It sounds like the limited series was at least in the press release, but who knows? Yeah. That's that's a matter of a comma placement by a variety reporter, but well, it seems like it was separate. And the limited series, I think, is more tied to the con one, which I'm... So, the con one was rumored for a while that Nick Meyer said he was putting something together, like, with doing some kind of con story, but I guess... CBS and also Viacom, because Viacom owns Paramount. There was a big fight between the two of them because they were going to potentially merge again, and now they're, you know, not to think it's going to happen. So, yeah. but the area that he but wants they to... both own it. They do, but I think the area that he wants to focus on uses elements from the Wrath of Khan, which is owned by Paramount. You know what I mean? So but you have, it, it's you so weird because it's a film based on a show. I know, you have so these two infighting You could argue that everything in I, I think the Wrath was, of Khan was based on the show. Right, so I think it would be a matter of licensing or something like that. I don't know. Right, I think but, it should be like quick the Quicksilver problem that Marvel had, um, where you had two Quicksilvers, one in the X Men universe, one in the Marvel universe, because he was a mutant, but he was also on the Avengers. So it's like, okay, fine, right. we just both have Quicksilver. Well, it's also, and I'm gonna I'm gonna spew my knowledge of classic TV for a second. Remember Mash, and then you had Trapper John, MD. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the same actor, or the same because I think Trapper John was like that was supposed to be a Mash spinoff. Yeah, he's a char- he's a character he's a character on the sh- on Mash. I somehow never put that together. But it was like an hour long drama, but it took place in modern day, right. and it ran concurrently with Mash for a while. So like, and he was after Vietnam. He was a right, Vietnam but he was played by a different actor. And I think and I think there was like I don't know where I read this. There was some like court stipulation because I think the writers of Mash demanded to get some sort of like money for that. But it's like no, this is more based off the movie Mash than the series oh, is. So like, there's this whole interesting. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so. Don't forget, huh. I, don't forget I'm not that old. Yeah, yeah, no. It's um, weird that you know this stuff. I, I don't know why I read that. Well, I no, think I was I curious. That. I was reading about TV spinoffs one day. I was curious how that was, you know. I, I wanted it. to see if it was played by the same character. Or something. And I don't, I don't even like MASH. Really? No, I don't, I don't like it. Um, I guess I haven't seen it in that. years, but when I was a kid, I liked 
Um, so yeah, but the 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 con story, from what I saw, is supposed to take place with him on SETI Alpha during the time he's marooned on SETI Alpha Five, and I'm thinking I was like, what the hell could happen in that time? Well, you see, I know it's a limited amount of cast of characters. Huh? SETI Alpha Six does explode six months after they were left there. Right. So do we see that happen? Right, and he loses his life. And... Right. But he, he discovers the... Well, maybe he doesn't discover the ear-burrowing alien insects, because that's the film. But you know. Well, he said in the movie they killed his wife. Right. Yeah. So you'd have to work those in. I mean, those are iconic. Right. Scared the crap out of me, that the little like, melting wax For the longest ear. time, I couldn't watch that. That was so gross. The ear was so gross. Look at I still, melting wax. You know, and I, and I have a very... I can watch a lot. Like, I, yeah. I watch horror movies all the time. <laughs> I can watch a lot of... But there's something about... Like, I don't mind blood and guts, but there was just something about... Yeah, that, was that going into your ear. Yes. It's just yeah, and I even still now I still cringe looking at it. And I always like yeah, it's horrifying. Kinda, and I'm like scratching my ear right now. It's because like, it's like earwigs. Like oh, there are bugs going in your ears or something like that. It's, it's gross. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm yeah, it would be kind of boring. There's how many people and there's nobody, no inhabitants on the as far I mean, as far as we know. Maybe somebody else came by. I just know that when space, <laughs> I just know that when space seed ended. The episode that Khan is introduced in ended because I watched it recently for some reason. And they maroon, they leave Khan behind. Spock says it would be interesting because, like, Khan's like, "Oh, I have an empire to build." Right. Before it becomes like a he's desert. looking forward to being left right. on that planet, yes. right? He and doesn't expect a desert wasteland that it becomes. Well, it becomes a desert wasteland after the yes. thing explodes. And Spock says to Kirk, "It'd be interesting." To see right. what becomes of the seed you planted today, like in a hundred years or something like that. So maybe we can see the building before the explosion. And which, then... which, incidentally, can I just mm, say? No. Sorry to get sidetracked, but I, I still don't believe. I don't buy into Khan's whole wanting to get revenge on Kirk. It's like you tried to take over his ship and do all this other stuff. Kirk was accommodating to you. Yeah, you were just an asshole, and now you want revenge on Kirk for marooning you. You were looking forward to going down on that planet and building an empire. Right. So it's like, what are you mad at him for? But then, they never checked I think he's them. mad that, like, they never... Because he does say that... Yeah, you never Khan, checked... Like, but then again... Admiral Kirk never bothered to check on our progress. Right. Like, why should he? You tried to kill him! And also, if he's such a badass, what are they going to do? Check on... Oh, are you okay? Khan, everything okay? Do you need anything? Yeah, exactly. Right? That would be yeah. seem insulting to exactly. a great man, like... Um... Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. But I guess he, he also was. Driven, but you don't have you don't have a movie without it. So. He also was driven, I'm sure, crazy by the lack of food and just wandering. Pro- I, the, I feel like desert he, wasteland. Well, he probably got mad after the planet exploded. Maybe he thought because after the yes. planet exploded, like people will come and rescue us, but nobody did. And he had nothing else to do, so he just ruminated on. And I always found it troublesome Kirk. that when they go to that system to test the chances of that, they didn't notice that a planet was missing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> They just counted out from the sun and ah, stop there. Fine. And there was no <laughs> debris from the planet. You know, yeah, there's a new asteroid belt. Oh well, whatever. Um, yeah. So I'm intrigued by that too, but I'm just kind of like, hmm. yeah, no, it's not the most exciting thing we've no. seen. And partially, it could be that J.J. Abrams has ruined Con for us, and we're just enough with the damn Con already. Right. But this could be the chance to put to get the bad taste out of our mouth. Animated series. That's a total. That's who knows. Yeah. Because I think you and I always agree that the animated series is very underrated. Yes. It's very good. Very good. Um, now, what are they trying to do here? Here's my thing. So, I, the way I see it, there are two kinds of animated series that franchises can make. Are you going down the Star Wars Rebels? I am. Yeah. So, you can have a show like Clone Wars from Star Wars. Oh, Clone Wars, I mean, yeah. Clone Wars, 
was a, a, a show where George Lucas was involved in every story. He was, um, you know, put great assets into it, really wanted to move the, the genre forward of animation. Yeah. And really, it was a show that was had dense ideas and concepts and things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was treated very seriously. That's one way to do it. The other way is... And it was referenced in the movies. Wasn't it they take canon into consideration or something yes. like that? Yes. Yeah. Now it is connected to the films. Yeah. Um, so... And vice versa. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Canon was all there because it was all coming from yeah. Lucas. Yeah. And it, it expanded the story in a way Well, I'm talking the Disney era films. Don't they... Yes, they do. Yep, they acknowledge yeah. them. So, I think that's one way to do it, where you treat the animated series as an integral part of the canon that is just and, as important as anything else. Ancillary? Not ancillary, not <laughs> tangential, but uh, integral. Integral, right. Um, I think that's one way to do it. And the other way is sort of, which I don't see Star Trek doing, is the, I don't want to call it a cash grab, but a like a cash grab slash influence the kids into liking our franchise, which Marvel seems to do with their animated series, are often just... No, I don't quick, th- quick. I don't think Trek has that. I don't think so either. Pe- no, has that cachet. No, not since um, the seventies has it had that cachet. Sixties. Which, incidentally, did you see the that show on Netflix? The uh, the toys that made yes, the Star I Trek like episode. That. Yeah, I haven't seen the Star Trek episode yet. Um, it's very good, actually. Really, very good. Because yeah. I've always said Star Trek has a toy problem, and this really brings it to the forefront. Like you'll see, yeah, yeah. they mostly focus on the seventies era. Yeah, they don't go too much into the Playmates the era. The Gloob. But... Oh, oh yeah, Playmates. Yeah, because it's just it's mostly humans in uniforms, and that's not very exciting to play with. It, yeah, well, it was it was a you know it was a classic case of like they just slapped the Star Trek name on it, but it has nothing oh, yeah. to do with you know right. Um, but you know there was a con- an animated concept introduced shortly after Enterprise was canceled. It was called Star Trek Final Frontier, uh-huh. which never came to. I remember this, pass. but there's a site of it. I don't know if it's still up, but there was there was at one point a site that had all of the. Assets of it to yeah. show you what it, it looked, looked what it looked like. Yeah, um, I mean, not great, but interesting. And it took place long in the future. Um, I think the captain's name was like something like Tiberius Chase. It had something to do with like a. I think there was some kind of war going on. I don't remember what it was, but um, it was it was yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, um, you know, and that was during that was an odd time in the franchise. Again, you know, Enterprise had been canceled. There was that, right? And then there was also there was like this movie in development called Star Trek: The Beginning, mm. but. Um, you know, I'm sure behind the scenes they were like, they were already figuring out to bring on Abrams and then, cause they announced that first movie like a year after the show was canceled, less than a year after the show right. was canceled. Right. So that was, so. it seemed like that was an idea without a home kind of, you, you didn't have this Now easily, now easily. Yeah. Because now it's just one of many. Right. Which I think makes It's sense. really, it's really interesting to me that like, I, you know, I don't want to, I feel like I said something like this before a long time ago, but like. When before Discovery was announced, you know there were you know fans were talking about like how you know, are we ever going to get a new series and da da da, and because we were like you know CBS owns it, a Star Trek series doesn't fit the profile CBS has for TV, which I never well it's all, it was it was all cop shows and all like procedurals and stuff like that and it didn't really seem to and plus yeah. like you didn't know if it was going to get the ratings for it right yeah but it's so you know, how do you change your profile would, you just make a show. I remember saying to myself, I feel like a show's going to come along when the right place to put it mm. comes. Because it's like, because once streaming began to take off, like, I don't know, like, what that, you know, every platform has that kind of breakthrough show. Right. Right. 
I don't know what the streaming one was. It, I mean, I don't know if it was Stranger Things. I don't know. Because I, I, I don't know. But I'm sure there was like that one show that... Oh, that, maybe... Like, um, what was that one show that Oh, said, I think it's um, House of Cards, maybe. Oh, right. That was a big Yeah, it's one. like, what's that show that really... Yeah, that everyone had through, to pay attention to. That broke through and said, yeah, here's where... House of Cards. Right. And so... As more sh- and Stranger Things, and as more there's shows, probably like some that, other one we're not thinking of. Oh, but. probably, but like I didn't join tweet it. us if you think there's one earlier that we I, should be paying attention to. Let us know. I didn't really join the streaming bandwagon, original content bandwagon until really I think Stranger Things. I don't think I was really watching. Okay, I don't think so. Um, but also, like you know, you have shows like Game of Thrones that people were rather watching it on streaming than on the yeah. network. Um, but I remember thinking, like you know, this is. Yeah, like Netflix is taking off, Amazon's taking off, Hulu is yep. now like this. These seem like they somebody could put a Star Trek show on one of these yeah. on one of these things. Yeah. Oh, Orange is the New Black was another big one. That's another one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm like somebody could put a Trek show on one of these things, right? Especially right? when you had all the other Trek shows housed in them, being watched be, by a lot of be, people. Yeah, and it's still they're still some of the most watched programs on Netflix. I think. Yeah. Um. So. When they announced Discovery, and they were like, "Oh, but it's going to be on CBS streaming platform," I was like, "Oh, because CBS streaming platform existed already." But I think they, I feel right. like they kind of quietly—it was maybe free, right? Or you just if you no, had it a... wasn't free, but there was only like that one Ooh, show on mine. there. <laughs> well, the people who are watching the I Good know. Fight, I guess. Um, the Good Wife spinoff. Yeah. But but, and I think they kind of quietly launched. It. I don't think they launched it to a lot of to a lot of fanfare and whatnot. Right. And so. Yeah, I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. CBS owns the property and they want to, you know, take all the monies, as it were. And they, they just... Because they had said, like, you know, for a long time, they were, you know, the CEO was saying, like, you know, Amazon was always coming to us, Netflix and Hulu. They were, like, throwing money at us. They really wanted to develop something. And I think that was sort of the reason why they began to develop the show. Because they were like, people want to develop it. There's right. a There's a... There's a... Create, there's a there's a right. hunger for it. So let's do it ourselves. But we should probably do it ourselves. Yes, which often, I think, with studios and whatnot, is the wrong idea. Yeah. And it seems like it's working out okay for CBS, so that's good. Right. But um, it's risky. But people were mad, because they're like, oh, and they continue to be mad to the state. I don't want to pay for it. Right. Because it's one thing to put a show where eyeballs already are, like Netflix, right. and people are going to watch it. But if you put it on... An entirely new platform where you this is barrier to entry where you have to go and sign up for it. And there's so many options on the on the platforms that people are already on. Some of them will just say, "Ah, eh, well, yeah. I can just pick some other show from." It'll get lost. Yeah, exactly. It'll exactly. get lost in the ether. And yeah. I think that's often it's it a was danger. it was a similar case when Voyager launched in '95. Voyager launched UPN. Yes. Obviously not a subscription service, but Voyager was the cornerstone of that network. Right. And I was like, Discovery is kind of the same thing with. CBS All Access. Yeah, and, if they have a... And as we were saying earlier, like, Trek right now is is really holding that platform, I think, right now. And they probably realize... I think CBS knew. Once the season for Discovery ends, we're going to see drop-off. Right. And then maybe they saw it. We need to keep something... Like... We need to keep something going. So that kind of... and I don't, know if, I, don't think, I don't know if we were discussing this or not. You know, one of the concerns, obviously, with them that fans had had with them releasing all this new content. It's like, oh, I don't want it to get oversaturated like they did back in the 90s because you had Next Gen, Deep Space Nine, Voyager all kind of yeah. happening at once and movies coming out. But I'm like, look, Were you people, know... It didn't work out, though, at the time? I did, I think. But, like, 
I I still f- I don't. It's hard to to remember. I don't. I don't yeah. really know. Like, well, it must have because they they Deep Space Nine ended on its own accord. Voyager ended on its own accord. Right, they but they were canceled. on at the same time. But they weren't canceled. They weren't they... canceled. Right, but they were all ending kind of. I think. I think what happened was. Voyager was beginning to show. Not its age, but like it was its lack of ideas. Mm. You could see this sort of like it was sort of like a downturn in quality. Yeah, I think. But also, don't forget that was during the time when you would do twenty two, twenty four, twenty six a season. It's amazing right? they could so, have quality with right. that. So, uh, and then Voyager ended. By the way, you know Voyager and Deep Space Nine ran concurrently for five years together. DS Nine ends, Voyager's on its own for two years, and that show ends, and then Enterprise comes along. All the while, movies are coming out every couple of years. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of you know, and I always tell people I feel like that was that's when Trek had a sort of cinematic universe, like because everyone says like you know Marvel's doing this with movies and TVs. I'm just like Trek was doing that like 20 years ago, right? Yeah, because he had and nobody else was cast. doing that. Nobody else was doing that back then. Like X Files kind of dabbled in it with the right, but show it failed, and the movies really, in between, and then you know, and the film really didn't do well, right? I and think I'm like that's too bad, right? Just and a, like X Files for a because they waited too long, right? Well, they, they had that, that one the in between. The the, they had that one in between called yeah. like "Fight the Future," I think is what it was called. It's not the bees. I only saw it once. At yeah, the time. me I don't too. Remember. But I just but it was, remember it seeing came it. out between seasons of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. And that's Mulder it. was still on the show. And I didn't at the time. like it, um, even though I loved. And the show. I wasn't watching X Files at the time, so I had no idea what the fuck was happening. Because um, <laughs> I think it resolved like a season finale or something like that. I remember there were a lot of bees. Um, I don't even remember that. Um, but yeah, I'm like Trick was doing that ages ago, like. But, um, you know, it was connecting the movies to the TV shows and whatnot. Yes. Marvel still can't connect the movies to the TV shows. But, but, but here's my thing. I think now it's okay to do that because we're in a different era. Shows only go about maybe 10 episodes a season, 10, 15 right. episodes a season now. It's crazy to think they used to make what today would be two and a half episodes worth of content every right. year. I mean, two and a half seasons but, of content every year. But I also can't imagine they're going to drop all of it at once. I mean, you could do the Marvel approach. I mean, exactly. you have... You have Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Luke Cage. Iron Fist? Iron Fist, and you have the Defenders, Defenders yes. right? But they all came out at different times. Yeah, they never you get one like... show, you get one season of a show, then right. maybe six months later, eight months later, you get another one. Right. Then six or eight months later, you get another one. It's perfect. Right. Because especially when they're being the released was all that, at once. The gap was that long? I think so. Like, you're talking about like one show, but like so like when season one of Daredevil ends... Like, well, they get all get released well, like, at once. Well, like later on. Oh, they release new seasons all at once. Yeah, all they get all the episodes drop at once. No, all the episodes do. But I'm talking like you know you have it's like when you have like season three of Daredevil. Right. How long is it until you get season? Three yeah, I think of it's Jessica a while. Jones? Like let's say Luke Cage just came out, and the last thing before that was like how do they? What is Jessica re- Jones season two? Yeah, like what's the release date of each season? Of I think each it's show about four to six months between each other. Four to six months. And it's about a year between... Four to eight months. And then, like, for the show itself, it's like a year between seasons? Yeah. There's been no... I don't think there's been enough for there to be a consistent pattern. Okay. But you get a couple a year. But you have to figure with this, if they do it right... Because AMC and The Walking... Kind of does this with The Walking Dead, too. Like... Right. When The Walking Dead ends... Because they'd also do the, the break in between, right? When the season of The Walking Dead ends, you begin to see previews for Fear the Walking Dead, which is coming up, you know... And so Fear the Walking Dead kind of piggybacks off the end of the... It doesn't, it doesn't happen, like, one week and then... It's like it's like from one week to the next. But it's, like, a few months after that that Fear the Walking Dead comes out. And then when that season ends, then they begin 
right. doing it the other way. So I have to assume with Trek, they would do... If they could just use the Marvel approach, they could really... Right, but I, I wonder if they would have to abandon their one-episode-a-week model that they're keeping to. I don't think so. I think that would stretch it out. Yeah, well, maybe then... Maybe not the mid-season break, if they can avoid that, at least. Well, this that mid-season break helpful. that we had with Discovery wasn't even that long. It was like a month and a half. That's true. Yeah. So it went from, what, November... Wait, when did it start? September. September. September twenty fourth or something. To like January. It went from September to, I think, early December, and then it came back, or like mid December, and I think it came back like February first or something like that. Okay, so that's you know that's or, a good or maybe January. No, I'm sorry, it was like January first. So yeah. I think it was like late November and then January. So that's a good five or six months of that show being airing. So that's yeah. That's a and long time. And then when time. it came back, it, it, I think it was like the last like maybe eight yeah. episodes or something like that. So, I can't remember. Five, so if you only want to have one running at a time, you stick to that model, then you ha- can only do two in a year. Right. Because that's going to take six months to air. Depending on how many episodes they do. Right. You know? That's but true. A miniseries, I guess, could skip the break. I don't I don't think it's a good idea for them to drop all the episodes at once, because people binge watch shit in a day. Yeah. And then they'll just go. Right. You know, it still kind of follows that whole model that CBS, they want to hold on to people's long. That's why they stretch out one a week. I mean, right. I think... But they're one of the only one streaming services doing that, I think. I think Amazon were. drops them all at once, too. They were. But I feel like... I mean, I don't work for CBS, but I feel like CBS couldn't afford to do it to do that. Oh, because of their free it was new Because it was new. Yeah. And so they wanted to... I think once they... Yes, that's I think point. once they that platform begins to establish itself a little bit more, and yeah, then they'll more. be able to kind right. of... Then they'll be able to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, because then I guess Netflix... Show but like, yeah, well, like sure when, when, you know, and and who knows when we'll see something. I feel like we won't see something until season two of Discovery is winding down. Then we'll begin to see what what's going to come after that. Right. I figure we With maybe we'll have some shows. announcements. Yeah. Certainly. Um, and who knows? Maybe this Comic Con will finally get. If Patrick Stewart can like secure his deal, then maybe they can finally make some kind of official. Right. And at least they like it is coming. They won't be able to say what it is. Um, but. I think that they need. I think the Marvel model, say from dropping all of them episodes at once, is in terms of how they put the shows out. That's the model that they should follow. And plus, totally, no one. I don't think anyone feels oversaturated. If you like the Marvel Netflix shows, I don't think anyone's. But I know there's just too many Marvel Netflix shows. Yeah, that's to the outside observer. But it's like I I've known people who just only watch Jessica Jones or only watch Luke Cage or just you know they don't watch the other ones. Yeah, you don't have to watch the other ones. I mean, fuck, I knew people who only watched Deep Space Nine and didn't watch Voyager. You know, it was like the same. Yeah, thing. I think it's to the person who doesn't know too much about it. It's like there's so much of this. Like, how do I even? Yeah, that's true. We're we and probably our listeners are a rare breed that when we're into something, we're into it. We consume everything possible. Right. Right. But yeah, you don't have to watch all of it and. I think, I feel like the the Trek oversaturation, I've always felt like, like, you know, back in the day, I've always felt like if it was really good week after week, then... That's true. I think it, that's why the Marvel Netflix shows work, I think. Well, actually, that's not true. I mean, it's, it's easy to Iron say. Iron Fist wasn't loved, and Defenders wasn't loved. But obviously, easier said than done, you know, make a new, make a good show. <laughs> right, yeah, that's what but, everyone tries to do. Right, but... I also attribute that to this too. That was Rick Berman, who was the executive producer. It was it was the same sort of core company together since the next for like eighteen years. Right. I have to assume there's some burnout there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. 
I just hope that like that just reminds me too though. Now that we have one person in charge of all of these, I hope that that doesn't. I feel I like dilute the vision or something. No, I feel like what's going to happen is he may oversee all of it. Yeah, each one will have its own individual. He'll run show discovery, runners. and then he'll just yeah pick yeah. the writers, but not like even at the time, Rick Berman was even though he was the kind of franchise overlord, as it were. Yeah, he did not show run Deep Space Nine. Not too much. Not he did. He sort of did in the beginning, but he later on he turned that over to Ira Stephen Bear, who you know took the show into great new directions. When when the show gets good, that's because of that's because of him. Mm. Once DS Nine and Voyager was sort of had that five year overlap, Berman was more on Voyager I than he was on. Yeah, that makes sense. He'll yeah. be in charge of one, and he was and he was sort of ex- executive producer of all the movies as well. I mean, he's still an executive producer on DS Nine, but he wasn't. He wasn't yeah. like. Involved day to day in the writing of it or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, that makes so. sense. Then I just know that Alex Kurtzman is basically the new Rick Berman, right? Which I don't and know I know a lot of people f- want to hear that, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm talking in. The, I'm not. Ta- I'm talking just like the role that he's in, not. <laughs> yeah, you know. But I know a lot of people don't love Alex Kurtzman for some reason. Yeah, I don't exactly know why. I think it's just I think Star Trek 09 leaves a bad taste in people's mouths and like that's the first thing he wrote. Oh and yeah, and there are a lot of people that just don't. See, like I that think movie. it would be Into Darkness would leave a bad taste in people's mouths. Um, not well, yeah, but I think, but but I attribute 09 Trek 09 as being the one that introduced us to him. Well, what else has he done? Was he involved in Lost? Is that where he first came mm-hmm. into the? No, no. Um, he did Cowboys and Aliens. Cowboys and Aliens. Um. This is what IMDb's for. Which was um, which not I, well received. No, but I thought it was fine. But I, I, think I didn't did, um, see it. I think he did one of the Mission Impossible. I think he did one or two Mission Impossible movies that J.J. Abrams did. Uh, okay, that's oh, right. Oh, 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 he does uh, Hawaii Five-0. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> he co-created Hawaii Five-0, I think. So ruining another beloved franchise. Was it beloved? I'm just kidding. Uh, to a, someone, but I'm sure they're all probably dead that, or in a... Is that even a franchise? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what makes a franchise? I would assume most people... Is the Jack Lord of Y-5-0 you telling me that's a franchise? Yeah. <laughs> it was a TV show. <laughs> I think most people that it was beloved to are no longer with us. I always consider it something a franchise when it's on multiple mediums. Well, it was on the TV and it was in my heart. Two mediums right there. <laughs> Putting my hand over my head. <laughs> uh. All right, Kurtzman. Um, yeah, definitely Hawaii Five-0. Always has nice glasses frames. Yep. Hawaii Five-0. Fringe. That's right, Fringe. I forgot about that. Good show. <laughs> um, known for... Are you going to base the quality of his work that we've yet to see based on what he's done in the past? No, but it's, it's, it's okay. informative. Okay. You can't say it's not informative. I mean, when it was announced that Brian Fuller was going to be the head of uh, Discovery, oh, no. people were like, oh, well, I don't like his episodes. He wrote these horrible episodes of Voyager. Oh, no. He was supposed to be in charge of the um, shared universal horror universe? Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, that he was go well. Well, that, but, but that's not his fault. No? I don't think so. Those movies are just awful. Well, right, but he was didn't, in charge of them. Didn't we see something recently where that logo came up at the beginning? We were like, what? Well, like, like the Universal... Oh, I think so. Like some kind of like... 
And we didn't know what it was. Well, there was the the mummy was the thing that yeah came out. But as I look at it, it says producer of Untitled Phantom of the Opera, Untitled Hunchback of Notre Dame, Untitled Frankenstein, Untitled Dracula, and Untitled The Invisible Man. I don't think we're ever going to see those. I don't think he is the per- the reason why that didn't work okay, out. Okay, okay. So. Oh, the, mummy was, a, the mummy was horrible. And a Van Helsing. Yeah, the mummy was a terrible movie. I walked out of that. That movie, that movie should have stayed buried. Alright, Hawaii Five-0. Um, Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. The Mummy. Sleepy Hollow. Limitless. The, t- the TV series to be all. Yes, Limitless. Yeah. The TV series adapt that comes off of the film. Mm-hmm. The one about... Sort of about Adderall. Yep. Um... Matador TV series. I don't know what that is. Oh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yes. Yee. That's right. Ender's Game. You're not impressed. I. Transformers Prime TV series. Is that animated? It would have yeah. to be, yeah. yeah. So, Star Trek Into Darkness, People Like Us, Fringe, Cowboys uh, so, and Aliens. So, so, to say... Alias. To say... To, to, ah, Alias. There's his connection with yeah. Abrams. So, to say that... Xena. To say that, you know, obviously he's on what, and the word, the quality is very... Up and down. Up and down, but, you know, I also say this. If a show sucks, it's not always the writer's fault. You have to remember that studios and networks get involved, too. True. Creatively. True. Don't just point to one figure and say it's his fault. Well, no, but you can see a trend throughout someone's... True, work, true, usually. but I mean, to... but no, you can't say. But you let, but it's the showrunner, right? The showrunner is, like I said, the auteur director, the but Spike Lee. If he you is, will. but he's also not the writer of everything, and it's like he but may, he's in he... charge of making sure the writing's good. He's like, the well, editor. no, he's in charge of making sure that it gets done because well. it, it may be like, guys, you know, this episode sucks, but we got to put a show out this week. Yeah, but I don't know. If, uh, I think that. Ultimately, you know? the, the buck stops with the showrunner. Yes, I mean, obviously, there's a quality check going on, but like, yeah, I say don't put it all on him. He's got people who write for him too, so it's like, you know, all right, we'll see. I'm just, I'm and just I'm not saying, saying I'm, I'm not, confident. I'm not being an apologist. I'm just saying, like, I'm just trying to figure out why it is that he has a bad or a negative reputation among some people. I don't, I don't know. Um, who, 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 what, who has a good reputation among anybody, really? And there's always some. <laughs> Um, I don't know the guy, the showrunner for um, I mean, Breaking I mean, Bad. I mean, when Ron Howard came on to Solo, you we were like, hmm? "No, everybody loves Ron Howard." Okay, Backdraft, Cinematic Universe. Oh, but come on! He directed the Da Vinci Code, Backdraft, yeah, Willow, Night Shift. Yeah, you know Apollo Thirteen. Yeah, Apollo Thirteen. Everybody loves Apollo Thirteen. Richie. Did he, I wonder if he directed an episode of Happy Days. He must have. I don't know. No, I don't know. Um, um, yeah. Anyway, so anyway, we're getting way off topic, big but news. like it's 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 big news. It's not fake news. It's big news, and uh, <laughs> you know we'll see what happens. Could be fake news. Well, it could be the way these announcements go with these. Ser- you well, know how many no, DC no. movies have been announced? Well, no. CBS has announced that this is happening. They just haven't announced what each individual thing is. Well, yeah. Th- those. That's the part that's a rumor. But there are three Joker um, movies in development. I think right now. Supposedly, what a fucking joke. Um, I see what you did. So I don't approve, but I see it. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, needless to say, I feel like it's a good time. Oh, and to be a Trek fan, and also, 
you know, to, to sweeten the pot a little bit, if you want to call it that, there are also two films in development. Right. One is being directed by S.J. Clarkson. Mm-hmm. Trek's first female director. Um, and the other one is that long-rumored Quentin Tarantino one, which I really don't know how I feel about, but... Yeah, yeah, and whether or not he would direct it, I don't know if that's been said, just he wrote it. It's a pitch. Supposedly, yeah. he's been kicking around for years. Did you hear this? Like, he used to talk to actors on sets of his other movies and be like, I got this great idea for a Star Trek. Well, I heard him on the, uh, the Nerdist podcast one day. He thought that he could do... He thought that, like, that episode of Next Gen, Yesterday's Enterprise, he said, that should have been a movie. Wow. That could have been a movie. And I'm thinking to myself... I guess, but please don't make it into a movie. It's fine yeah. the way it is. I mean, I kind so. of like the idea that you have a director that has... I mean, I agree with him that that could be the case. Yeah. But, you know. but here you have someone that has a unique vision. Love him or hate him. There are reasons to like him and reasons to not like him. He has a deep knowledge of the history of filmmaking and different genres and things. I think it would be fascinating to see what he would do with it. Right. He's but definitely I feel a like, capable writer, a capable director. I feel like what you said also applies to J.J. Abrams. Um, yeah, but I would say... And, I'm not and I like his and I like that movie fine. Trek 09. I, I like that movie oh, yeah. a lot. Yeah. But what, did he, what had he done? Lost. Right. What else had he done? Alias. Right. What else had he done? Um, lots of things. Right. Um, Super 8, right? Well, not yet. Uh, yeah, uh, yes, but it hadn't come out yet. Okay, but I think that was the one that people saw and said, oh, look, he can do a movie with a budget and special effects, you know? I mean, he, done mission- he hadn't created anything really, as far as movies go, he hadn't done, up to Trek, he hadn't done anything original yet. Right. Really. So I think the thing of the diversity of Quentin Tarantino's output, and right. the fact that Quentin Tarantino is seen as one of, you know, the, I keep going back to this term, the auteur directors, hmm. your, you know, your Spike Lees, your Steven yeah. Spielbergs, your Alfred Hitchcocks. That's interesting because we, what we have not really seen are these auteur directors taking on franchise films, which I want to see happen. People yeah. that have unique, singular visions taking on a franchise and doing something really unique. Yeah, I agree. I'm agreed. I, I agree with that. S.J. Clark. So, um, we'll have to see. I think right now, it's a very, to me, it feels like a very good time to be uh, Star Trek fan. Oh, I think absolutely. It's, it's sort of approaching, you know, another, uh, you know, I think we're in era two, like really 3.0 of this whole, like, franchise. You get 1.0, you get the original series and the yeah. movies, and then 2.0 with, like, the next generation era. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And then now we're in... I would argue... 3.0. We're in 4.0. Maybe 3.50. 3.5. I think, yeah, the first... You're talking about... 1.0. Uh, Second was when only Star Trek Next Generation was on, but it was killing it. Third was when everything was happening in the 90s. Then now we're in 4. Where does 4 begin? With the Abrams era? Yeah. Okay. All right, let's see what we can find out about S.J. Clarkson. Also, uh, very nice glasses frames. That's two. S.J. Clarkson. Not, it's not doing anything. Cast <laughs> featuring uh, the reboot cast, by the way. So they say. Um, right, because that's something that we've been hearing 
they're done, they're not done. Yeah. I've been kind of going back and forth. But that. she's definitely doing one with the Kelvin timeline cast, because Zachary Quinto has said that he's worked with her before. Okay. So, yeah. She's a UK director. Mm-hmm. I don't know what she's done. I'm not familiar with her work. I'm trying to find that out. what you can tell me. Oh, yeah. What's this talk consistently about Chris Hemsworth coming back? That was, yeah. So, I don't know if that plot is still, like, happening, but it was, like, this whole idea that, like, they announced this plot, like, back when Star Trek Beyond came out. That okay. he was supposed to be, there was going to be some time travel story, because he was Kirk's father in the 09 film, mm-hmm. in the very beginning. And yes. There was going to be some kind of, of time travel story that brought George Kirk back or something. And yeah. So, is that um, just uh, probably like, oh, we have Chris Hemsworth, might as well use him? I don't know, and I don't know, I don't know the status of that story. I think, like I heard, last heard, Paramount was considering multiple storylines. Yeah, that's what I heard too. So. At the point that that even that even with these, that none of them were sort of certain. Yeah. That they were kind of developing them simultaneously, and the yeah. cream will rise to the top, as they say, and yeah. the best one will go forward. It's crazy that they announced two movies. It's... Yeah. So they clearly must like. I have to assume they're getting multiple pitches and they like two of them and they're like yeah, yeah. or it's a shit show like it is over at Warner Brothers with DC and they just announce every every idea they hear and then nothing happens or it's a shit show <laughs> yeah well, 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 I just like how you took that positive he's like or it's a shit show and they're just making all these announcements that no one well when you announce one Joker movie with um what's their problem with uh, uh Martin Scorsese attached to produce and then another and not with Jared Leto, and then you announce another Joker Trek, movie Trek with Jared Leto. Trek has gone to very few moments in its time where, like, official announcements have not come to pass. I'll just say that. Okay, yeah. There was suppo- way back in the 90s, there was supposed to be an IMAX movie that never came to pass. <gasps> yeah. An look, IMAX movie? Look that up on the, on the memory of it. <clears throat> not, just not right now. An IMAX movie. Um, so, I think that should bring this to a close. I think it does. Well, one more announcement, um, though, that on my other interest of action oh, the, figures, uh, the, uh, and yeah. we'll announce that, too, but yeah. the new line of action figures coming out, yep. and they actually look pretty good, and the first two being released to Kirk and mm-hmm. Picard, yep. but upcoming is Michael Burnham, which... Yeah, we still don't have any Discovery merchandise, really. Not really. Yeah. And this is very, these are very well-detailed. They're made by McFarlane Toys, who I've seen, I've had... Eh, I haven't loved everything they've done. They're, they're, in some, up in, they're up in some controversy right now because the the, fa- the Discovery Phaser thing is going on. You which, told me about this. Yeah. It's not... Uh, it's dangerous. Yeah. Um, it's... They... Something to do with, like, federal regulations on a toy weapon. They have to make the barrel orange. There's still there's something going on with like that. And so they've canceled all pre-orders and stuff like that. And so They didn't make the barrel orange? I don't know. I don't know what is happening with it right now fully, but it had something to do with the orange brow. They're trying to do it without compromising the look of the toy. Can't they just call it a prop replica and then it's okay? It's not a toy. Well, guy. they have one it's of those. Not, they have one of those, not from my front, but it's like five hundred bucks. Yeah, but they can just call it a cheap. But prop it occurred to me, and I, it occurred to me with this whole thing going on. I'm like, it's now easier to get a real weapon in the U.S. than there's a fake one. Depending on what state you're in. Yeah. I'm just yeah. Um, I mean, it's a phaser for God. For God's and sake. And plus, here's the thing. It'll let people know this. Right. I don't think there's a lot of little kids clamoring to get a Star Trek Discovery no. phaser. So we, people, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be, you know, grown-ups like us. And you, and, you, and you know that people who probably would use it to cosplay, they'll probably just paint over the damn thing anyway. Right. Right. Yeah. Right? So. And they'll, when they go to the convention center, they'll get the little orange tag to show it. Well, because I remember, like, being in, a, like, a Newberry Comics. It's a, it's a comic book chain up here in New England. 
like remember like when Trek 09 came out, they had all this like competing merchandise. They had that movie merchandise. They had like original merchandise. Yeah, yeah. They had like original series phases, and they were like white and orange. I'm like, what the fuck is this? But the hmm. yeah. and it was for that reason. But I'm oh, like, right. why is yeah, it white why is it yeah. orange? I don't know. Yeah, what it's this like is. um, I remember the Han Solo blaster coming out. Those but I orange. had that. I had that same phaser as a kid, and it looked exactly as it did in the original series. Yeah. It even lit up. So I don't know what changed. Yeah. But but the cool thing was like the, even like the next generation era phases, there was like a red square in the front of it. Yeah, it lit up. That's to me, fun. that was to me that was like oh, that's just simulating the the beam yeah. coming out or something like that. That the next generation don't even look like a gun. No, they look like dustbusters. Yeah, that's probably why it was easier. <laughs> exactly, or the, or the uh, motion picture ones also. Yeah, so TV um, remote controls. Yeah, and the original series has a phaser that comes off the top. With the yeah, which are discovery phases too. Um, but yeah, and then the, the those things. Yeah, yeah, so we're going to do an episode of... There's been a lot happening on the comics front. We did talk about... Um, All canon, by the way. Yes. As are the Discovery novels. So we talked about the Light of Kalas, the Star Trek Discovery prequel, um, about the whole Klingon situation. I just correct you, it's Kalos. Thank you. So the... This happens when you read it, you don't watch it. Um, they only say his name, like, all the time. So that series is done. And we are going to talk about that. There also is a Star Trek Discovery Annual is out. That is a single long, it's a long issue. You know, it's maybe like double or triple sized. And it's a complete story about um, Stamets. And it's got, you know, the whole Discovery crew, except for Michael and the origins of the uh, Spore Drive. Right. Um, and then also, there's another series that just started called Star Trek Discovery Succession, which, from what I can tell, is set entirely in the Mirror Universe. It involves um, the Mirror Burnham and the Mirror Lorca and their kind of relationship and something intrigue in the Mirror Universe. So these are all very interesting. I want to read the Mirror Universe one specifically. I mean, if anybody's read it, don't spoil it, but I'm hoping the Defiant appears. Right. And it's only issue one out for that so far. So what yeah. I think we can do, right, we'll cover the whole Discovery annual. We'll cover the whole light of KLS. Kamikaze, I assume, has these, right? Uh, our our local comic sure. book shop. I'm not sure, actually. Yeah. And then we'll do the first one of Discovery. We'll, tr- we'll mm, I don't know, let us know if you want it, spoiler or not spoiler. I, and I'm debating if I want to try to read two of the novels. Okay. Yeah. Yeah? So, no and again, they, they're all canon because they're all written by the same right. writer. So... It may be interesting to read them because the show may reference some of these events. Right. And I think that in and the comics... because Trek literature has never really been, has never been canon before. Right. Which I think is nice. It's a good way to do it. Star Wars model. Yeah. Um, and I think they're being safe with the comics because so far all the comics take place before Discovery. Yeah. Um, so like I said, we have sort of the prequel of the... For the... Um, so that is... The, the Spore same, Drive. That is the same one? Yeah, we just so we're just comparing. We have different covers. I think I got the cover B, and he has the cover A. And this, this looks is also... newer, for, uh, strangely enough. Yeah, yeah I don't no. know. I like that art. It's like yeah. a little different. And this one is cover R one A, and that's a. cover A. Cool. Well, mine's R one A for some reason. Um, I don't know. I chose the covers that I thought were kind of the covers I liked the best. Yeah, when I got these, I didn't know if they were the same ones. I'm like they have to be. Yeah, because yeah. I was lucky that I I was at a shop that had the multiple covers. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, so uh, maybe we'll even put a picture of these on the um, Twitter, Twitter, so that people can, can take, see take a photo of those before. what they're going to be. Yeah. And we'll have that will be our next episode coming up. Thanks. Whatever that is. Right. Maybe next week. It may be a month from now. 
But um, thanks for joining us. And and we may, I've, I've toured with the idea of doing more commentary episodes because I think those got fairly well received I and mean, people liked yeah. The Undiscovered Country and the Voyage Home. Good. But I want to keep it more Klingon-centric. Like, I think Yesterday's Enterprise would be a really good one. Yeah. And uh, Errand of Mercy. Because that actually talks about the temporary... That's actually the temporary Klingon war that happened on the original series. Nice. So, it's Yeah, tied. definitely. And I think we got to get some Enterprise in there as I've been clamoring for, because that's a lot there of connections. There are some episodes there, too. Well, yeah, because Captain... Or uh, Admiral Cornwall mentions nobody's come to this planet... The Chronos yeah. since Captain Archer and the crew of the Enterprise so maybe may, maybe we could do the pilot episode. Of that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be fun. Well, yeah. uh, if anyone is still listening, you have great endurance. Thank you. Uh, cool. So we'll see you all next time. And don't forget to email us at Indus. Oh, because that one person's like, maybe I'll email you this time. Oh, again, yeah, again. Uh, Indiscovery we trust at gmail.com and tweet us at uh, Disco Podcast. Bye.